the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hello and welcome to The Situation Report. Glad to have you joining me today. This is the show where we do our very best to provide the information and perspectives you need to navigate an ever-changing culture. My name is Jeremy Stoniker. I am your host. And one of the areas right now we're all trying to figure out what happened is our midterm elections. And uh, we've had guests on over the last uh, couple of episodes post-midterms, and some of those were, were recorded very close to the midterm, so even some of the, the questions were still unanswered. Uh, this is one of those episodes. We still have a few unanswered questions, some ballots still being counted because apparently it takes a long time in some states to count. Um, by the time you hear this or watch this, some of those answers may have uh, become apparent. But a lot of things going on in our country. There are people who have looked at the midterms and said things like the Democrats managed to pull off a win. On the other side, the Republicans managed to pull off a win. <laughs> it was not as big as we thought it was going to be. It was bigger than we thought it could possibly be. Uh, there's a lot there. And then there is this underlying story, this other story about what is happening as we now turn our attention to the presidential election, uh, basically focused in one area. That is Florida. We're looking at uh, President Trump and Governor Ron DeSantis, wondering how all of that will play out. So many unanswered questions. And if you're a little nervous about what's happening in the country, you're probably a lot nervous right now. I'm very thankful to have on a guest today uh, that understands things in a very unique way and has a clear view. And uh, as you'll hear in this interview, um, looks at this world, our world, the world of politics, and particularly American politics, uh, differently than a lot of us do because he views it from a different place. He was very involved with the Brexit movement in the UK and uh, has written on that, talked about it, understands it deeply, and now does a lot of analysis in the United States. And uh, his perspective is very, very helpful. Raheem Kassam is our guest. He's been on with us before conservative British political activist, current editor-in-chief at the National Pulse, former editor-in-chief of Breitbart News London, former editor-in-chief of Human Events, a member of the Brexit Party. And uh, we did an earlier episode with him. I would encourage you to go check that out if you have not. Tells his story a little bit and gives his perspectives on uh, so many things globally. But again, this gives him a unique perspective on what is happening right now in the United States, what did happen, and what we can expect in the next couple of years. Very grateful to have on as my guest, Raheem Kassam. Before we jump into that, though, um, I would imagine if you've been to the grocery store recently, you've noticed that things are more expensive. Gas is more expensive. It doesn't matter where you live in this country. Things are more expensive. The economy, our economic future is uncertain. And we have to ask ourselves the question, what is it that we can do to protect our financial future for our families, for our children? What can we do personally? Uh, one of the things I would recommend is at least considering 
adding gold and silver into your IRA, your investment accounts. Take a look, figure out how to do that, and see if that is the right fit for you. The place that you can start is with Lear Capital. Call Lear Capital, and you can get their free precious metals investor guide. You can also ask them about their Lear Advantage IRA that lets you transfer or roll over your old 401k or IRA into a gold and silver tax advantage IRA. Plus, Lear is offering right now Crazy shipping, uh, free shipping, and up to $15,000 in bonus gold or silver with a qualified purchase. This is something you at least need (laughs) to take a look at. You can call for details, 800-489-6450. Lear Capital is the most rated precious metals company on consumer affairs with a near-perfect rating on Trustpilot. Call them at 800-489-6450. That is 800-489-6450. Calling that number, you will get your free kit. And there, you will learn how gold has performed during periods of inflation, government debt, interest rate hikes, economic crashes, even wars, and how in all of those gold has been the financial bedrock asset in portfolios. Uh, One of the things I love about Lear Capital is that they are an American-owned company, proud to do business with Americans that share conservative values. Write this number down, 800-489-6450. Call them today, or if you don't want to call, you can click the link below in the show description and the show notes. Check them out. You will do yourself a great service by at least investigating Lear and what they have to offer. Raheem, thank you for joining me again. Really appreciate it. Um, I know you are very busy right now. There's a lot going on in the world, but uh, thanks for talking to us. Yeah, absolutely. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. So let's uh, let's get right into um, the election. Um, you have a, a really unique perspective, I think, on what's happening in the United States because of so much of what you've been involved with in uh, Great Britain and Brexit. And uh, I mean, you were involved in that. You've written on it. You talk about it. You you understand it. And so I would imagine your view of what's happening in the United States is a little bit different as well. Um, Give us, we'll start with this, your perspective, kind of the 30,000 foot view. Where are we? And um, we can talk about where we go from here, but I'd also like to stop, kind of pull over to the side of the road and go, why did we not experience what we thought we were going to experience a couple of days ago? Um, I, that's a great question um, in so much as I completely disagree with the premise of it. Um, and I would, I, would, <laughs> I would instinctively throw it back to you yeah. and say, and say, what what didn't you get that you expected? Sure. I mean, I, I've been talking to lots of people about this over the last 48 hours or so. Yep. 
and 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 asking the question, you know, did you expect a MAGA banner to unfurl, you know, down the side of the Empire State Building and, and Lee Zeldin to zip line in, uh, you know, in Albany? Uh, the, yeah. You know, races like that were very much, you know, if we can, we will, but not 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 expected. The Oz thing, don't forget two weeks ago, we were told that Oz was 10 points behind John Fetterman. And that by the end mm. of most of the counting in Pennsylvania, the difference was, was I think, about three percentage points. Um, the rest around the country, when you look at where we are in Nevada, in uh, at least Carrie Lake's race in Arizona, I mean, these are the places that we thought we'd be in. The, the uh, Georgia election was always going to a runoff. That's why they've been preparing for a runoff mm. uh, for months already now. Um, the rest, as you can see from who will control the House and the fact that probably after that Georgia runoff, the Republicans will also control the Senate. I think what happened here wasn't that there wasn't a red wave. I think that the the, the level of expectation was yeah. set far too high, uh, and and it was actually set far too high uh, on purpose. It was set far too high by the media on purpose, so that they mm. could turn around uh, and say yeah, they didn't get it. Everything's hunky dory. Put Joe yeah. Biden up there, give right. let him give a victory speech, which he which he obliged them with yesterday, and it was also done so that uh, more establishment Republicans. <clears throat> could turn their sights on Trump and MAGA world and the America First crowd. Uh, and specifically, what I'm referring to there is the latest uh, flurry of aggression against Trump by the Murdoch media. So you've got, you've got the Wall Street Journal, you've got Fox, and you have a whole host of others uh, that are now plowing into this and saying, well, of course, the era of Trump is over. Let me remind people that during this campaign, Donald Trump's endorsement success percentage was 93%. Right. There is not a single other person in the Republican Party. I don't even think there's anybody in the Democrat Party who could have that measure of success. So if there are races that weren't won, fine. Get into the detail on those races and figure out why they weren't won and fix that problem down the line. Listen, I was no Dr. Oz fan. Um, right. I wasn't a fan of Herschel Walker in Georgia necessarily, although I think he'll probably end up winning once you collect those libertarian votes uh, right. in the runoff. Um, but those are the lessons you need to learn. There's not, there's not this big problem you know, emanating from Mar-a-Lago. Um, and let me remind people, the Republicans are going to be in control. This is what you wanted. Yeah. yeah. One of the uh, one of the guys that I, I follow and I respect, I've interviewed a number of times, is Ron Coleman. I don't know if you know Ron, but yeah. uh, he's an attorney and, he, and he, he's just a clear thinker in a lot of these things. And mm. it was late, maybe late Tuesday night, early Wednesday morning. And he tweeted out and Twitter is his favorite platform of uh, communication choice. Uh, he tweeted out, basically, everyone needs to just calm down. We made a lot of gains. Things happened in the way that we should all be excited about and positive about. And any gain is a good gain. Any step forward is a good step. And we're so focused on what we didn't gain, didn't win, that we're missing what we did. And I think there's a lot of truth in that. I was having a conversation today about um, even the, uh, the pro-life issue and the pro-choice issue. We're looking at a couple of states that voted. California, where I am now, is one of them. Uh, voted to make it a state constitutional right to abortion. But what we're forgetting so quickly is that it was not that long ago that every state in the United States, it was <laughs> um, 
a constitutional right. It is no longer a constitutional right. There are places in the country that it, it's it's not um, a right at all. And I, we've made so many gains. Mm. My question is this. Mm. Why are we on the right bemoaning what did not happen instead of focusing on what did? Because we are seeking perfection. And there's nothing wrong with seeking perfection. There's nothing wrong with trying to improve all the time. There's, there's absolutely nothing wrong with wanting those big ticket victories um, like New York, right? Like those, those, those outliers right. Right. that really make those champagne corks hit the ceiling. Um, <laughs> right. But just with, because you don't get those, when you still end up taking control of what you wanted to take control of, you still end up ousting, for instance, uh, the head of the DCCC in his New York seat, um, again, nothing you'll see on CNN. The, the Chirons on CNN won't talk about the the 93% of endorsement successes that Trump had here. Um, and also, there's a very natural process going on right now. And I don't want anybody to think that my perspective on this is an anti-DeSantis perspective. Um, Ron DeSantis, I think I was one of the first people, I interviewed him in, in 2015, back on the old Breitbart News radio show. Mm. And I said to him at the time, I said, I mean, I look at you, I look at your family, I look at your record, I look at your service. Um, I think you're going to be president one day. Yeah. So maybe it's my fault <laughs> that we're in this position, right? <laughs> You've caused but, all of this. But he is. I mean, he just is. He's he's made for that role. It's clear. But but it's clear also that he's not quite there yet. The the team around him isn't quite there yet. Um, his debate against Charlie Chris was, was, I mean, he won, but it was a little bit limp. I mean, I could have won against Charlie Chris with my hands tied behind my back, blindfolded and half asleep. Um, <laughs> but it wasn't quite what you want on stage in 2024. Now, look, maybe he'll get there. And I encourage people who want to be on the primary debate stage to be on that debate stage, not least yeah. because Trump also needs sharpening up. And it will yeah. be a primary process that helps sharpen all of them up. So I don't want anybody to think, oh, you know, these Trump people are just, you know, trying to keep King Trump in place, whatever. No, look, a competition's a competition. And that's, mm -hmm. that's absolutely right and natural. But for the time being, we have to be sober and honest and, and, and deeply academic about this because it's easy to make our uh, emotions take over when we watch uh, the corporate media and they're telling us no red wave happened. A red wave happened, right? It, it absolutely necessarily happened. If you put these stats up against all manner of midterms from the last 20 years, this is a major victory. The numbers don't lie. What, what, what lies is CNN. What lies is Jim Acosta. Right. What lies are the people who want to make Republicans feel bad about the amazing things that they did just in the last couple of days. And by the way, thanks to Arizona and a bunch of other places that can't seem to count on time, um, <laughs> right. the wins will keep racking up into the weekend. So I, I, my, my suggestion to everybody is take a deep breath, internalize yeah. every victory, enjoy every victory, and then set your mind to what comes next. Because what comes next is actually the real fight. Who is going to be named the Republican chief whip on Capitol Hill? It's an incredibly important position, and it's up to the members of the public and of the Republican Party to weigh into that decision. Should McCarthy, McDaniel, and McConnell be the leadership, as I call them, mm. for the next couple mm. of years. I personally don't think so. But instead of luring you into that fight, which is what we really should be talking about, they're trying to lure you into this nonsense Trump-DeSantis stuff that doesn't need to happen. One of the um, concerns that I have, and I've had this for a long time, is that the Republicans would gain control of the House and the Senate 
and then over the next two years not do anything with that. And then we get into a presidential election. Uh, any momentum that we could have had, we've lost. The case can be made on the left that the Republicans, they had it all. They did nothing. You need to bring us back. We can straighten this out, whatever that narrative will look like. Um, how does the perception of the election impact momentum going into the presidential election? Uh, oh, to, me, to me, the Senate is, is probably the thing. We've got to get control of the Senate. Uh, beyond that, if we shoot ourselves going into the presidential election, what have we gained? And I, I, I'm very concerned about that. What if we um, – how does this impact the momentum going into that? How do you see that unfolding? And you're absolutely right to be concerned about that. Can I ask you what, why, the, why do you specify the Senate as being particularly important right now? Because of the control that it can have or the blockade it can be to the policies of a Joe Biden presidency. Right. And, and judicial nominations and, and appointments for uh, the Biden regime That's right. uh, as they go forward. Uh, but as you say, I mean, one of the things I've been working through in my head, and I think I even tweeted this a few months ago, was, hey, listen, you may not get the Senate, right? I, I happen to believe at this point in time, the Republicans probably will, but, but you may not get the Senate, Correct. which means, right. you know, obviously... Um, Mitch McConnell will be will be weeping, uh, which which is no bad thing, by the way. Um, <laughs> right. But but if Mitch if, McConnell needs to go away, that would be okay too. But yes, right, and that would be a repudiation of McConnell, McConnellism, and and the people around him. It would be a repudiation of how they spent their money, which uh, a lot of times the McLeadership actually ends up spending your dollars, ladies and gentlemen, against right. America First candidates. That is something that we're going to be digging way more into uh, because people need to know what McCarthy and McConnell and McDaniel have been doing with your money because it hasn't always been spent trying to win races. Sometimes right. it's actively right. spent trying to lose races. Um, and also what it means is, look, if, if, if the American public, if the right thinking American public is willing to say, well, OK, you know, Biden's going to get some more judicial appointments. Biden's going to get some more people uh, in his in his regime that he wants to get in there. But it means that in two years time, we get to go back to the broader American public and say, hey, we had the House. You know, we did X, Y, Z with the House. Right. And now we need the Senate and the White House to, to you know, fully see that agenda through it is actually a better political position i'm not saying it's better for the country but i'm saying it's a better political position to be in as as the institutional republican apparatus than taking control of both parts of congress and then going and we also need this third thing too right now so yeah. so it's kind of six of one and half a dozen of the other in my mind I totally sympathize with the people who say, come on, Raheem, you know, you don't want them to keep controlling the Senate for the next two years. Look, of course I don't. Of course I don't. But my job is also to see, you know, where we might end up and, and where we might want to be in the immediate aftermath of that and not trying to process that in real terms, you yeah. know, in, in two months time. So we had polling that said that there would be this, this massive red wave. Um, we have a lot of uh, right political pundits who said mm. there would be a massive red wave. In fact, election night coverage was um, pretty depressing <laughs> in most places. Um, you wanted to drive the car off the road because there's just no hope. So this this has been the messaging. I, I, so who I is think saying there are, that? They need a hug is what they need. And I, I think there's 
I think that's right, but I think some of it is just a feeling, and you sh- you shouldn't base these decisions on feelings or how your your perspectives on feelings. But one of the feelings, if you're standing on the right, if you're a conservative, is with what we've been through over the last two years. There's no way a rational person in the United States could continue to vote for the Gretchen Whitmers of the world or these other. Um, I mean, California, Gavin Newsom's going to win. It doesn't matter. They declared him the winner, you know, 30 seconds after the polls closed. But there are places, New York being one of those, where I think a rational person <laughs> would look at it and go, how in the world could anyone vote for these people? And so on the other side of that, we seem to lack the will to go, well, it, it doesn't matter then. It just doesn't matter. How How does the base of the Republican Party, more broadly, conservatives in the United States, who communicates to them that, no, we did really well, there are people that think different than you, that's okay, but there's still a path forward. How does that message get communicated to normal people? Yeah, my Substack apparently. I mean, you know, <laughs> it, it requires fortitude and it requires sobriety, right? Which, which, I'm not particularly known for the latter, but I'm happy to deploy it when when time is, you know, in need of it. Sure. Here's the thing, right? We can't become like the left that that had this mass tantrum in 2016 and said, oh, my God, who could possibly vote for Donald Trump? Right, right, Well, well, you know, lots of people that that you might have your blinders on to. Lots of people, unfortunately, ladies and gentlemen, are persuaded by the abortion argument even though abortion hasn't been outlawed in their state. Right. They're irrational. Get over right. it. Like that that's that's the country right now. Okay? You know, people think that student loan forgiveness is a good thing. People think that <laughs> right. these you know, the Inflation Reduction Act lowered inflation. People believe that. Yeah. It's your job to convince them otherwise. It's not your job to get all up in your feelings about it. And if you're all up in your feelings about it, just like all of the people who think there wasn't a good red wave the other day, mm. get a hug, have a cup of chamomile <laughs> tea, and then come back to it in the morning because you're not ready yeah. for the fight if you feel that way. Here's the thing. Um, you know, you look, at, you look at cities like New York City where there's trash everywhere, where crime yep. is out of control, and then you go and you think, oh, who could possibly be, be voting for something like this? And then you look at the vote breakdown and you see how Gen Z broke. Well, Gen Z broke far left and they broke far left, not because they are particularly uh, observant of the reality around them in places like New York City, but they are dialed into their TikToks more than anything mm-hmm. else. And it struck me as particularly interesting that while the corporate media wants to bemoan Elon Musk making $8 a month off a blue check mark um, (laughs) or wants to talk about, uh, you know, how the conversation on social media is so toxic and blah, 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 that they don't want to talk about the fact that TikTok's parent company, ByteDance, is actually owned by the Chinese Communist Party. It is owned by the regime, the brutal, tyrannical, totalitarian, communist, genocidal regime in China that puts their fingers on the scales in the algorithm of TikTok so that Mm. Gen Z in America sees completely different types of content to young people in China, right? I don't mean different language content, obviously. Sure, Sure. I mean different types of content is force-fed down their throats. In America, the algorithm 
from China tells them transgenderism and abortion, student loan forgiveness, and all these sort of other depraved, uh, inane, immoral things. That's not the case in China. That's not what the TikTok of China shows to their young people. So we have to get our heads around the fact that nowhere on CNN or anywhere like that does it show in the Chiron, hey, uh, maybe China is using this app that is the most popular app of that generation to influence the way they think. That's foreign you know, interference in an American right. election. But we don't, we don't talk about that. Um, I've talked about banning TikTok as a, as a foreign influence tool for years now. And I hope this incoming Republican Congress does something about it. Because honestly, when we talk about perception and why people feel like they can vote for what we believe to be crazy people and crazy yeah. things, yeah. it's because of where they're being influenced and how their perception is morphed. Young people don't watch CNN. It, you know, not in the same numbers that the, that the you know, liberal 40s and 50-year-olds right. do. Right. They're getting their information in a different way, and they're breaking far left like like nothing I've ever seen before. You all have helped build MyPillow into the incredible company it is today. Now, Mike Lindell, inventor and CEO of MyPillow, wants to give back to our listeners. Right now, MyPillow is offering exclusive offers on their bed sheets, their six-piece towel set, and even offering an extended 60-day money-back guarantee. Orders placed now through December 25th, will have an extended money-back guarantee through March 1st. The bed sheets are marked down as low as $29.98. And believe me when I say you will get a great night's sleep in these. Their six-piece towel set is made with USA cotton, comes with two bath towels, two hand towels, and two washcloths, typically retailed at $89.98, and is now just $39.98 with the promo code. There is a limited supply, so be sure to order now. Call 1-800-870-0283. Use the promo code SITREP or go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, and use promo code SITREP. One of the cases I've tried to make with folks recently is that the rules around the election have changed. And again, you speak to that even with the discussion on TikTok, how elections are conducted, how information is distributed perceptions that people gain. Uh, it's a different world than it used to be, even things like early voting and all, all of these these issues that traditionally we haven't had to deal with. And yet it feels like the Republican Party, by and large, is still playing the game that was being played 20 years ago, still running elections as though election night is actually important. The day before the election, what you say on that day is actually going to influence how people vote, that people are listening to you in your press conferences, etc., um, is that is that correct that the Republican Party, by and large, is not playing the same game the Democrats are playing, and that's why they typically do better? A and B, if that is correct, what should they be doing that they're not doing right now? How how do Republicans win? Someone's got to pivot on on how we're playing, and and it's just not happening. Well, just again, once again, I have to remind you, Republicans won. Sure, <laughs> of course, won. yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> now, now, look again. It may not have been. The, the, the MAGA flags flying from the Empire State Building victory that some people wanted or expected. Your expectations were incorrect if that's where you were, right? Um, you can't go into an election, two weeks out of an election, where a candidate is 10 points down and then they end up three points down you know, after election day and go, and go, oh, what a loss. If that's where your head is at, you're never going to understand the way you know, the 
elections work. Fundamentally, Oz was a bad candidate and we all knew he was a bad candidate. He was the candidate we got stuck with, right? For very many reasons. Trump's endorsement was one of those reasons, but not the be all and end all reason. By the way, the other choice in that race, not such a beauty either. David McCormick mm-hmm. would have fared no better, probably even far worse, right? So, and, and of course, people will say, oh, Kathy Barnett, Kathy Barnett came along too late. Like she, she, her star rose too late. I would have preferred Kathy Barnett came along too late. But back to your question here. Um, yes, the Republicans have an antiquated approach um, to election day. Uh, the, the, I think the thing that a lot of people are wrestling with right now is, is do we hold on to that antiquated approach and try to roll back the clock to one day, one vote, right, wait in right, line, right. in person, you know, maybe even dip your finger in ink, you know, so that you can't come back and vote again. <laughs> right. and, and these things, look, my instinct, my gut, I, as, a, as, a, as a conservative, I want to say, yes, of course, that's the way reliable elections are run all around the world. And perhaps the incoming Republican Congress can try to do something about that and legislate something that way, or, or the states can do something to legislate that way themselves. But what has happened is we have had a normalization of the right. you know COVID pandemic yeah. voting rules, even though, as Joe Biden says, the pandemic is over. <laughs> Very hard to put the toothpaste back in the tube. Extremely difficult to tell people, hey, yep. you've got used to the comfort of someone, you know, delivering your ballot to your house, picking it up, and that's the, you know, that's the effort you have to put in. Yeah. And yeah. fundamentally, that's the way that elections are, 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 you know, I say stolen, because the chain of custody uh, for yeah. something like that is simply not reliable. It's why France doesn't allow mail-in voting voting uh, uh, in their elections. It's why uh, the United Kingdom has tried to shift so far away from that, you know, multi-day process of voting. Most civilized nations in the world reject the idea of having weeks-long processes. And certainly, by the way, reject the idea that after polling day, like we're seeing in Nevada right now, that ballots can still be delivered up until three, four days later and (laughs) still be counted. Right. Unfortunately, the pragmatist within me, and I know I'm banging on a bit, so forgive me, but unfortunately, the pragmatist in me says you can't necessarily put the toothpaste back in the tube and that we we will end up somewhere like a compromise position of, yes, there will be a pre-voting period from election, from in-person election day. But at the same time, maybe we'll get voter ID as well as a compromise as a part of all of that. And maybe we'll get, hey, cut off is election day. Any ballots delivered after that? Sorry, try again next time. It, yeah. it, it pains me to say it because I really do think this is corrupting election processes and practices across America. Um, but I just don't see I just don't see how it all gets um, it all gets shoved back in there. And I don't think there's anything wrong with acknowledging this is where we are. And I feel like that's where a lot of people on the right have just, we'll scream about the problems. We'll talk about all the things that we dislike. But if if these are the new rules to the game, then we either play the game according to the rules or we lose. And, you, know, you walk off the field, right? Or you walk yeah. off the field and, and you just don't participate. And I feel like a lot of, in a, in a lot of places, that's where we have not, again, I agree with you. I, th- I think we have a victory. We should celebrate the victory. But we could have done better. And one of the reasons we didn't do better was because the Republican Party didn't fund good candidates, because uh, candidates didn't run good campaigns. I mean, I think we could have done even better than we did. And again, looking to the presidential election, I'm concerned that as we get there, that we're going to see big rallies and we're going to hear a lot of noise and we're going to see a lot of stuff. 
but it just doesn't matter because that's not how this game is played anymore. Yeah, there's 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 an industrialization of of campaigns in America. You know, it's been going on for several decades now, but it's getting it's getting particularly heinous where the consultant class is more interested in how much they can skim off the top of any campaign. Yeah, sure. Um, sure. more so than winning that campaign. Right? It used yeah. to be that you know, the the, the cash <laughs> winning was, still was the goal right. to the victory. Yeah. That is inverted now. And so you'll find a lot of these races out there in the country where the consultant class just gets in the race to make the cash. They don't care if the candidate wins or not. That has to be solved in some way, shape or form. And, and, and it really has to be solved by looking at where the institutions that the Americans fund spends their cash. Uh, for instance, if you did an audit of the NRCC and the NRSC, the two big Republican um, cash cows that take, you know, they text people, President Trump mm-hmm. needs you, yeah. click here yeah. to donate. These texts have nothing to do with President Trump, by the way. Right. They're not right. connected with him. He hasn't endorsed them. They use his name in vain. And they, they mint all this cash. Mm-hmm. And then what they end up doing is using at least some of that cash. But I'm talking about millions. You know, I call it the, the, the you know, I call it the McLeadership, right? So I call this <laughs> process the uh, Mickey GOP's Million Dollar Menu. And they go down the list of MAGA candidates they don't like, yeah. and they throw cash against these candidates. Um, they throw them for their for their Democrat opponents, effectively, yeah. or for the moderate GOP. I mean, Anthony Sabatini is, is a great example in Florida. Um, the amount of money that is plowed into anti-America first yeah. uh, campaigns by D.C. Republicans is a scandal that is yeah. waiting for a front page. Yeah. Um, Let's shift to, and you've alluded to this, let's talk about it for a minute, Trump and DeSantis. Mm. Um, How do we we properly understand this? I I would personally, I I voted for Trump, I've supported Trump, I'm thankful for what he has done and for what he continues to do. Um, Personally, his, I won't say rhetoric, because that's not the right way to say it, That's, that's very very heavy handed, but, um, he has said things negative against DeSantis recently. He has said some other things that perhaps have been considered unseemly. Does he have the ability to win a general presidential election? And then my other question would be, if not, does DeSantis have the ability to win a primary? Um, how do you see, how do you see that? Or how should we view that? I think they both, have the ability to win the next presidential election. I think I've been saying for a while now that I think if DeSantis really, you know, upped his game, um, he would have some really tough questions that he could throw at Trump on that debate stage that, mm. that would take some chunks out of his of his pol- polling position. Um, you know, why did you continue to trust Fauci? Why did you yeah. continue to yeah. lock down the country? Yeah. Um, why did you continue to push the vaccines when you saw that they were doing the mandates? Um, there are lots of there are lots of uncomfortable things that that yeah might might lead to DeSantis being in pole position there may well, which is why I'm I'm all in favor of your American you know primary system because you get to have those amazing debates or you should at least expect right. 
those right. amazing debates up on stage for, for everybody to judge and see. You know, I'm from the United Kingdom. You see how we pick our prime ministers now. Somebody <laughs> picks a name out of a hat and they're prime minister for 44 Every days. month or so, you just turn it over and somebody right, else gets, exactly. gets a chance. Exactly. I'm waiting for my yeah. turn. You know? um, but, it's, but it's wonderful that you will have that opportunity. And I think DeSantis probably will take that opportunity, knowing that even if he doesn't make it around this time, it's great practice mm. to be up on stage with somebody like Donald Trump yeah. and, you know, to get things kicked out of you and perhaps do some kicking back. Uh, the reason that Trump, this is very simple, by the way, for a, for a political comms person to understand, they know why Trump is doing what he's doing. The DeSantis world, uh, which includes, you know, his closest donors, his um, the influencers around yeah. him, perhaps even yeah. some of his direct staff have been spreading some things for the last couple of months that are less than complimentary about President Trump. The problem is when Trump world goes to brief back in response to that, the corporate media class who mm. wants to just continue to kick Trump into the dirt, they won't run these things in response. Right. So it, what ends up having to happen is Trump has to defend himself. And he has to defend himself at his rallies on stage. And he has to use the platforms he has, like his Truth Social account, or these endless amounts of emails that we all get, right? <laughs> um, but I, I have a level of sympathy for that. When, when, when somebody from, uh, you know, more moderate Republican world says, well, of course, we need to just usher Trump aside and perhaps it's time for DeSantis or Pompeo or, you know, Pence or whatever it is. And then whoever from Trump's team goes, here's our quote on that and it doesn't get run. Well, then, well, then what do you expect him to do? I feel his frustration. I can see sure. his frustration. Sure. I was at Mar-a-Lago the other day and it was, he, he was almost wearing it on his face when he was talking to the press knowing that he was saying all of these things that would be either truncated, taken out of context. You know, Donald Trump could say, um, you know, I don't believe in murdering Democrats, right? And the headline would read, murdering Democrats, says Trump position, you know? <laughs> right, sure. And, and so this is where this is coming from. D do I like it? Of course not. Do I think it's inevitable? Of course. I said this yeah. in January. I did a whole podcast about, you know, the upcoming DeSantis Trump uh, uh, air war. And everybody at the time said to me, oh, you're talking nonsense. You're trying to foster division. I said, listen, I talk to both of these teams almost every day. I know what they're saying about each other. Yeah. And I know those two things are going to converge. So we're at convergent point right now, right in time for the presidential primary cycle. The, the, this is normal. This is healthy. Do you think that hurts Trump to the point, though, uh, along with the issues that a DeSantis or anyone else could bring up, to the point that he will not be able to overcome that in a general election. Again, you know, I, I'll vote for him. I support him. But there are a lot of people who are on the fence. I don't know how another – again, this goes back to I don't know how they could vote for them. I don't know how another person could vote for a Democrat. I don't know certainly how they could vote for a Joe Biden Democrat. Um, but people do. Can Trump overcome what people are saying about him, um, the perception of himself – and even some legitimate, you know, arguments against how he governed. Can he overcome that? Think about think about the feeling you felt. I would imagine it was quite a sense of defiance when you cast your first vote for Donald Trump. Sure. You know, you probably thought, wow, I can't believe I just did that, actually. Mm -hmm. I can't believe I was even given the opportunity to do that. I thought he wouldn't last. 
I also thought he's not going to win. I also thought that too. So right, his comments <laughs> yeah. about Heidi Cruz, his comments sure, about sure. grabbing the you know what's, his mm. you know little Marco thing with the bottles and they're bringing their rapists and all of this stuff that we were told was beyond the pale and he'd mm. never make it and it's unpresidential and he can't weather that and he can't wear it anymore and the public won't stand for it. Well, we've got a word in England for that bollocks right it's just it's just <laughs> nonsense right. um people don't the ordinary person does not care how brusque forthright and to the point donald trump is what they care about is what donald trump does and you know i'll, I'll you can take that to the bank for me if 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 he sinks by even 10 points in a republican primary poll within the next two months you, you know you don't have to put me on air ever again okay i'm, mm. I'm done <laughs> i'll give up yeah. that's my pledge that's a that's a lot of confidence and it and you're absolutely right um going back to when you know we were going through this the first time um i i said over and over and over again he'll never make it out of the primaries and then I voted for him and said he'll never win this election. And, and then uh, I was in the White House uh, shaking his hand not too long ago over some, some veteran le- legislation that he was passing. Um, and that's one thing you can count on, I guess, with President Donald Trump is that he can overcome just about anything. It's going to be interesting to see what can we expect over the next uh, couple of years. Um, as you look down the road, what should we anticipate? What, what should we expect to see? That if people's stomachs are turning now because Trump said Ronda Sanctimonious, you know, you better get some, you better get some, you know, tummy medication, you know, get the Tums ready, (laughs) right? pour yourself a strong drink, a stiff drink, have it with you at all times, because this, I think, could get even nastier than the 2016 primary cycle. And I think the, the, the general election will get even nastier than than the last two as well. That's just where the country is. It's not just your country, by the way. This is where the world is right now. Mm. You know, the nastiness taking place across politics, across the Western world is, is not something unique to the United States of America. Right. You happen sure. to be, you know, the largest and most and most um, you know, forward facing place where that's sure. where that's sure. happening. Everybody, you know, People like to watch America and go, what the heck is happening uh, over there? <laughs> right. Because it's, it's, right. it's way more sort of circus-like and theatrical and everything's glossy and cool and whatever. But, um, but it's happening everywhere. And yeah. I, suspe- I, suggest, I suggest to people, hey, if you can't take it, if you can't deal with it, get out, take up knitting, you know, have a nice life. <laughs> Back to the chamomile tea, right? Sure. But, but if you can take it and you want to be a part of it and you want to save your country... Gird your loins because it's good. it's about to be a really rough ride. Yeah, Raheem, where can people uh, follow you and uh, find your Substack, etc.? All the places that you communicate. I am on all the social medias. Um, you know, from from Truth Social, Getter, Gab, Twitter, Facebook. It's all just Raheem Kassam. Uh, the website is raheemkassam.com. That will take you straight to my Substack, and we yep. publish news and analysis at thenationalpulse.com. Thank you. Awesome. Raheem Kassam, thank you so much, man. Really appreciate your time again. And uh, it's going to be a a wild ride. So maybe you can come back on and uh, calm us down a little bit. I'll have the chamomile tea next time. And uh, I'll be expecting the virtual hug. And uh, we'll go from there. But uh, thanks for everything. Appreciate it. My pleasure, Jerry. Cheers. We were not made to live in isolation. 
Sadly, many of our veterans feel they need to fight their battles alone. This self-isolation has led to the staggering statistic of more than 20 veterans taking their lives every day. A lot of guys end up drinking, a lot of guys end up losing hope. Someone will go to the VA and they'll try to get, you know, prescription medications to help with PTSD. You know, they'll get pills for anxiety, they'll get pills because they can't sleep, now they'll get pills for depression before they know it. They're taking 12 different medications. And when it's not working out, these guys lose hope. And that's why there's 23 guys a day committing suicide. The mission of Mighty Oaks is to eradicate the veteran suicide epidemic and help our warriors change their legacies. As a result, we've been able to help over 4,000 veterans and first responders by equipping them with the tools they need to live the lives they were created to live. Everything they said just kept hitting me in the heart over and over and over again. It's like all the things that I didn't know that I needed to hear. And uh, I opened my heart to God that week, dude, and like... <laughs> I've been a different person ever since. Our faith-based, peer-to-peer approach has one of the highest success rates of any program available today, offering hope and understanding to those who need it most. We provide our programs and resources, including travel, at no cost to our warriors. I remember talking to a licensed uh, social worker who actually handed me a pamphlet to Mighty Oaks. So I went, and I'm glad I did. By aligning their lives to biblical principles, these men and women are able to lead their families, their communities, and our nation. Our mission is to serve and restore our nation's warriors and families who have endured hardship through their service to America and to help them find new life purpose through hope in Christ. It's your generosity that can make a difference in the lives of the men and women who have fought for our country and our freedoms. Now that they're home, don't let them fight alone. Learn more at MightyOaksPrograms.org. Appreciate that interview and analysis from Raheem. Please go and check out uh, the rest of his work. He writes often, communicates well, and often. So a lot of good insights on what's happening and, again, what we can expect. Um, It's good to have somebody tell you once in a while, hey, just calm down, (laughs) drink a cup of chamomile tea, maybe you need a hug, and uh, grateful for uh, his analysis and just looking at things a little more rationally and a little bit less emotionally. That's very helpful, and uh, I'm grateful for that. If you're not yet subscribed to this podcast, please take some time to subscribe and then share this content out with others. When you're done doing that, go over to YouTube. You can find our channel, The Situation Report, on YouTube. Subscribe there. Hit that notification bell so that you receive this content and other content as soon as it comes out. And uh, we'd love to hear from you there as well. Again, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. We will talk to you next time. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
the explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.